0: Radharani Ki So we're going to continue reading. We were reading from an article by Śrīla Prabhupāda on Radharani, which was very interesting. So we're going to continue reading from that article. And I trust you can hear me well if you can't let me know we seemed yesterday we had some trouble broadcasting on my computer and back on my phone Hare Krishna so I am now just looking for this document that we were reading yesterday no actually it's not um It's not from my computer. It's reading from a book. Okay. Okay. Radha marhaba kunjavihari Jaya radha marhaba kunjavihari Gopi Kapiya janava abha giribara dhari Chishorananda nabha jajana I think the buzzing is caused by that, so now should be better, right? Uh, Hare Krishna. Welcome to all of you, Srimati Radharani Jai. We're being nourished by hearing about Radharani's glories. Correct? Are you being nourished? And hearing um, Radharani's glories from the mouth of Srila Prabhupada, we are being fully nourished. Hare Krishna. Just before I came over here, I was listening to a lecture and Prabhupada was saying, you know, you can't understand Krishna fully. And then Prabhupada said, even Krishna can't understand himself. Sometimes we have difficulty understanding some things about Krishna, obviously, because he's unlimited but it's interesting that even Krishna there are things about himself he can't understand of course Prabhupada was referring to the love that Radha has for him he can't understand that and that is interesting we were reading the other day Vedaham Samatittani, Krishna says Vedaham I know Samatitani, I know everything Vartamanani charge, uh, past, present and future I know everything Vedaham Samatitani, vartamani charjuna bhavishani ca bhutani, and I know all living entities bhutani a vedana and no one knows me but Krishna knows everything past, present, and future and he knows all living entities but he doesn't understand the love of Radha and of course that love is always increasing so how will you calculate something <clears throat> it's like something's in a spot and then it moves and you're trying to locate it on a map but you know imagine the city of New York kept moving where is it? oh it's it's here now it's here now <clears throat> so it's something like that Krishna's trying to calculate Radharani's love and it. it's always moving <laughs> increasing okay now I have to locate lecture. I didn't, apparently I didn't mark it where we left off. Oh, I did mark it. I'm not as bad as I thought I was. So I marked the page. Now let's find on the page where it is. I need some more light. Hold on. better. If we read something we read yesterday, it's not a problem. We can always hear again. Mm -hmm. Let's see, I'll begin reading here. I think this is where we left off. If not, we will notice that we read it before, and we can decide if we want to read it again. So we have described about the Radha-Krishna loving affairs in our teachings of Lord Chittana on page 264. If you have got this book, you can read it. How the reciprocation of loving affairs of Radha and Krishna is there. Transcendental. So our prayer today is Radharani. We pray to Rani, Radharani because she is the pleasure potency of Krishna. Krishna means all-attractive. But Radharani is so great that she attracts Krishna. Krishna is all-attractive, and she is attractive, attractor of Krishna. So what is the position of Srimati Radharani? We should try to understand this day, and offer our obeisances to Radharani, Vrindavaneshwari. Dapta-kanchena-gaurangi radhe Vrindavaneshwari sute devi pranamami Hari priye Excuse me. I offer my respects to Radharani whose bodily complexion is like molten gold gold, and who is the queen of Brindaban. You are the daughter of King Bishabanu and you are very dear to Lord Krishna. Our business is quote Radharani. You are so dear to Krishna, so we offer our respectful obeisances unto you. Radharani is Hari Priya, very dear to Krishna. So if we approach Krishna through Radharani, through the mercy of Radharani, then it becomes very easy. In other words, it becomes very easy to be Krishna conscious. If Radharani recommends that, quote, this devotee is very nice, then Krishna immediately accepts however fool i may be <laughs> because it is recommended by radharani krishna accepts therefore in vrindavan you'll find all the devotees they're chanting more radharani's name than krishna wherever you go you'll find the devotees addressing jai you'll find still in vrindavan they are glorifying radharani they're more interested in worshipping Radharani because however fallen I may be if some way or other I can please Radharani then it is very easy for me to understand Krishna otherwise if you go by the speculative process to understand Krishna it will take many lives oh this is interesting hold on (coughs) By, by Radha's mercy, by her mercy we can understand Krishna, or understand whatever we can understand of Krishna. This is not a verse, this is a lecture coming in. It is... Um, in its excerpts... Uh, London, nineteen. Yeah, it's two lectures. They're just excerpts, so that would be hard to follow. So I think one of the things we get from this is that if you get mercy, then you can understand Krishna. Bhakti mama Pijananti, Krishna says you can understand me by bhakti, but without bhakti we won't understand. But How do you get bhakti? You get bhakti through the devotee, through mercy. So with the mercy of the devotee, we can understand Krishna. Otherwise, it's not possible. So we hear Prabhupada saying, we pray to Radharani, and then she will help us understand Krishna. Mm. Because however fallen I may be, if some way or other, I can please Radharani then it's very easy for me to understand Krishna. Otherwise, if you go by the speculative, speculative process to understand Krishna, it will take many lives. But if you take devotional service, just try to please Radharani and Krishna. Please Radharani and Krishna will be gotten very easily. Because Radharani can deliver Krishna. She's so great devotee, the emblem of Mahabhagavat. Even Krishna cannot understand what is Radharani's quality. Even Krishna, although he says, Vedaham, samatitani, I know everything, still he fails to understand Radharani. Radharani is so great, he says that actually Krishna knows everything. In order to understand Radharani, Krishna accepted the position of Radharani. Krishna wanted to understand the potency of Radharani. Krishna thought that I am full, I am complete in every respect, but still I want to understand Radharani. Why? This propensity made Krishna obliged to accept the propensities of Radharani to understand Krishna himself. So he's he's understanding, trying to understand himself through the eyes, the mood, and the feelings of Radha Rani. You may understand yourself, but you may not understand how someone else understands you. So, we may say, doesn't Krishna understand himself? Well, he does, but he doesn't understand how Radha feels towards him. And love of Krishna is so attractive that even Krishna became attracted. This morning I was reading some letters from Srila Prabhupada and he was talking about something we know, but it just caught my attention because it's so interesting. And Prabhupada was saying, even even the residents of Baikunta, they're attracted to Krishna. They're, incarn- they're expansions of Krishna, their incarnations of Krishna. And Krishna being all attractive, he's he's attractive to them as well. Isn't that interesting? I found you know, I've heard that so many times and it was just it just I began thinking about it that Prabhupada was describing that Krishna has sixty-four qualities and the he's the only form of the Lord that has all those qualities, so the other forms of the Lord are actually attracted to him. Interesting. But and and so here we see that Krishna is attracted also to something about himself, but he's attracted to the love that his devotees have. So he's all-attractive, even attracts Vishnu. And the all-attractive, who attracts even the incarnations of God, is attracted to the love of Radha. So now we understand that love is the most attractive thing to Krishna. And if we have love, then we can attract Krishna. He's the, and, and we can understand that love... If love attracts Krishna, then love is the most attractive thing in the world. Even more attractive than Krishna is love for Krishna. And then the devotee who has love for Krishna becomes, in one sense, more attractive than Krishna. At least Krishna is more attracted to the love that Radha has. So that's why the devotee becomes so attractive and that's why Prabhupada was so attractive. And devotees used to say ah, Prabhupada was so beautiful. And some ordinary person may look at him and say, why do you say he's so beautiful? He's just an elderly gentleman. But when you're with Prabhupada you, you saw and felt a beauty that you've never seen before. And that, that, that is the beauty of love of Krishna. Last night we were giving class in Spanish, and I was telling the devotees that the the qualities that we manifest of pure bhakti are the are the real tools of spreading Krishna consciousness. These these are the things that will attract people. And this is this is when people will see here's something genuine because they'll look at you and they'll see you have you're a saint, and how did you become a saint? But aside from even even the question of how you be- how you became a saint, just the attractiveness of having love for Krishna—it's it's it's extremely attractive. It's so attractive that even Krishna is attracted to it. What to speak of us? Hare Krishna. Okay. Hmm. These are, of course, a very transcendental great science. One who is advanced in Krishna consciousness and well conversant with the Shastras, they can understand. But still, we can discuss from the Shastra. When Krishna wanted to understand himself, he took the tendency of Śrīmāti Rādhārāṇī. That is Chaitanya Mahāprabhu, Duti suvalitam Chaitanya Mahāprabhu is Krishna but he accepted the propensities of Radharani. As Radharani is always in feelings of separation of Krishna, similarly, in the position of Radharani, Lord Chaitanya was feeling separation of Krishna. That is the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, feelings of separation, not meeting. So yesterday we had ended class by, we were discussing feelings of separation for the spiritual master. Yeah, so we had been, I think we read up to this point. The process of devotional service taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his disciplic succession is how to feel separation from Krishna. That actually, we could read the same thing every day and discuss it from different points of view. So it's not a problem reading something over. And plus, our memories are not perfect, so it's good to hear it over. This is Radharani's position always feeling the separation. The Goswami's they also, when they were in Vrindavan, they never said that I have seen Krishna. Although they were the most perfect, they never said that, that I have seen Krishna. Their prayers were like this. Hey he hey <coughs> <coughs> hey Radharani hey Cha rādhārāṇi does not remain alone. She remains always with her friends, Devi, Lalita and Vishaka, and other damsels of Raja. So the Goswamis are praying in their mature stage. When they were living at Vajjabhumi, they were praying in this way, hey Radhe, ke, he, nanda kutaha. Where, Radharani, where are you? Where are your associates? Where are you, Nandasuno, the son of Nandamaras, Krishna? Where are you all? They were searching. They never said, I have seen Krishna dancing with the gopis. Last night I saw, some people might say, this is sahajya. This is not mature devotee. This is called sahajya. They take everything very cheap. Krishna very cheap. Radharani very cheap. As if they can see them every night. No. The Goswamis do not teach us like that. They're searching after. Hey Radhe! Raja ke chalalite hinandashūno kutaha. Sri Govardhanapada patale kalindi vanye kutaha. Are you there under Govardhan or on the brink of the Jamuna? Kalindi vanye kutaha. Go-santa-vitisarvato-bhajapurei ke dai Their business was crying like this. Where you are? Where you are, Radharani? Where you are, Lalita? Vishaka? Where you are, Krishna? Are you near Govardhan? Are you on the banks of the Jamuna? go santa vitisarvato So throughout the whole track of Vrindavan, they were crying... And searching after them, Kedar Mahavivalo, as if madman, Kedar Pande Rupa So this is, this is. Um, um, Prabhupada emphasizes this because he's saying that the real bhakta will never say, "I've seen Krishna." The will, the, uh, the higher, the or maybe not the real bhakta, but the higher, the higher bhakta will say will feel separation Krishna where are you I don't see you I want to see you he'll feel separation that's a higher sentiment and the false bhakta, the one who is not qualified to see will advertise that I've seen Krishna no no genuine devotee will advertise like that he may be asked have you seen Krishna he may say yes But he wouldn't advertise. But the point Prabhupada's making is that the the devotee cultivates the mood of separation. Where are you? I don't see you. I want to see you. So that intensifies the feelings. It intensifies the love. That's the idea. And the sahaja will say, Oh, I've seen you. I've seen Krishna. Get more. You'll get more donations if you say you've seen Krishna. Mm-hmm. 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 So we have to follow the footprints of the Goswamis. How to search out Krishna and Radharani, in Vrindavan, or within your heart? The process of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's. Bhajans, feeling of separation, vipralamba, vipralamba seva. Just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, feeling separation of Krishna, he was falling down on the sea. He was coming out of his restroom or his bedroom and going out at the dead of night. Nobody knew where he had gone, so he was searching. This process of devotional service is taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not that very easily we have seen Krishna or seen Radharani and Rasalila, no not like that feel the separation the more you feel separation from Krishna you should understand that you are advancing yeah, because you can't you can't feel separation <laughs> without having some attachment but if you are feeling separation from Vrindavan if you have been there or now during Covid you are feeling separation from the Sangha of devotees it is all good and whatever pain you are feeling in that separation it is a transcendental emotion so that is good thinking of the devotees thinking of Vrindavan oh I'm missing the kirtan everything is shut down yeah that's good feeling separation It's in one sense it's the, that separation from Vrindavan is the same as being in Vrindavan it's a little bit like that don't try to see Krishna artificially be advanced in separation feeling and then it will be perfect that is the teaching of Lord Chaitanya. Because with our material eyes, we cannot see Krishna. Atasya Krishna nama Indri. That's from the Madhya-lila 17.136 With our material senses, we cannot see Krishna. We cannot hear about Krishna's name. But, sevamukhi jivadho. when you engage yourself in the service of the Lord, Where the service begins? Jivado. The service begins from the tongue. Not from the legs, eyes, or ears. It actually begins from the tongue. Wow. Not even from the ears. Seva-mukhihi jivado. Jiva Jiva means tongue and ado means beginning. If you begin service through your tongue, how? Chant Hare Krishna. Use your tongue. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram, Ram 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 Hare Hare. And take Krishna Prasadam. The tongue has got two businesses. To articulate sound, Hare Krishna, and take Prasadam. By this process you realize Krishna. Two businesses. Eating and chanting. Chanting Hare Krishna and chanting the glories of Krishna. Therefore, in Vrindavan, you will see all devotees, they will address one another. Jai Radhe! Still. Because they know that if Radharani is pleased, if I can please Radharani. So, this is excerpts of different articles. Mm. Mm. That's why it doesn't follow. Well, isn't, I missed a paragraph. I think don't try to see Krishna you cannot see him with your material eyes Neither you can hear about him with material ears now that you can touch him but if you engage your tongue in the service then he'll reveal himself here I am that is wanted feel separation of Krishna like Radharani as Lord te- Chaitanya teaches us and engage your tongue in the service of the Lord that one day when you are mature you'll see Krishna eye to eye premanjana bhakti chanina this is what Prabhupada said many times. You can see Krishna, but your eye has to be tinged with the sab of love. Pramanjanacharita bhakti vilochanena shantis daivari daeshu viloka yanti. You will see in the, everyone's heart. Yam shama sundaram achinta guna shurupam shama sundar with unlimited qualities, achinta guna. You'll see his form. In, the, in everyone's heart, and every atom, in between the atom, you'll see it. Yes. Don't give up the process. This is a big mistake to give up the process or reduce the intensity of your effort because the process will produce the result. If you slow down the process, then the result will come. It will take longer to get the result. And if, if you give up thinking... Or if you slow down your intensity thinking it's difficult, it takes a long time. It's just going to slow the process down. The process will produce love. And love will produce the vision of Krishna, the, the premanjana, the chudita bhakti vilo, the, the ointment of love will be placed on our eyes someday. As I, as I said before, and I don't think we can overemphasize this point, love is there. You don't have to find it. It's already there within us. It's just we have to remove what's covering that love. So we we may think, well, I can never love Krishna. But the love is there. It's just waiting to be dug up, basically. To shovel all the dirt out that's covering it. Therefore, in Vrindavan, you will see all devotees. They will address one another, Jai Radhe, still, because they know that if Radharani is pleased, if I can please Radharani, Radharani is presented the original pleasure potency, always absorbed in thought of Krishna. So, anyone who comes before Radharani to serve Krishna, oh, she becomes so pleased. So, these are different lectures, and Prabhupada is making the same point in different lectures. Oh, here is a devotee of krishna this is radharani saying here is a devotee of krishna she immediately recommends krishna oh here is a devotee he's better than me this is radharani i may be a nodded i may not be a devotee i may be most fallen rascal but if i try to reach krishna through radharani then my business is successful so these are compilations of lectures And I believe some of these lectures we already read in the past few days and last week. We're hearing again. Therefore, we should worship Radharani first. That is our business. Instead of offering directly one flower to Krishna, you just put it in the hands of Radharani. Quote, My mother Radharani, Jagannatha, if you kindly take this flower and offer it to Krishna. Oh, Radharani says, Oh, you have brought a flower? Krishna said, patra-pushmam palam-toyam yo me bhaktya prayachyachi Bhagavad Gita 9.26 But don't try to offer Krishna directly. Just offer through Radharani. It will be very much appreciated by Radharani. So this is our philosophy. Hmm. This is our philosophy to please Krishna through Radharani. And just today... Is the auspicious day of Radharani's appearance. So we should offer Pushpanjali and pray to Radharani, quote, Radharani, kindly be merciful and tell me, tell about me to your Krishna. Tell Krishna about me. To your Krishna, Krishna is yours. This is a a symptom of love. Krishna is yours. You own him. your Krishna Krishna is yours Radha Krishna Krishna is not independent Krishna is Radharani's property so you have to approach Krishna through Radharani that is today the auspicious day worship Radharani very nicely and be happy Hare Krishna Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai so you have some comments or questions we can look at I think this is all very clear we've been discussing this yes um, mm. Radharani tell your Krishna about me Give, put in a Radharani put in a good word for me this is the prayer of the devotee please put in a good word for me okay so I'm going to see if there are any comments We'll go to the top. I don't notice all the comments when they come in, so. On mm. Kush it is so unfortunate that devotees do not understand the position of Srila Prabhupada even after reading the books We we need we need the help of senior devotees especially the disciples of Prabhupada to understand Prabhupada better and of course Prabhupada said if you want to understand me read my books but also hear my lectures morning walks, conversations, letters. This is how we'll understand Prabhupada. And, you know, we're all imperfect, and so we can easily misunderstand. And the success of ISKCON is going to depend on understanding Prabhupada, what are his desires, and exactly what he's teaching. Um, And we're... There's a lot of challenges that face us because, although Gaudiya, Vaishnav, Gaudiya Vaishnavism goes back even to Lord Brahma, or just in Kali Yuga we have five thousand years. That's a lot, but we don't have. We only have fifty years or so, or fifty what, five years of the transplantation of Krishna consciousness, and that that is a huge. That that ha, that has so many potential problems in, in transplanting because if it wasn't transplanted, um, it it would be problematic but less problematic. And and the more you're bringing Krishna consciousness to the uninitiated, the uneducated, the more adaptation has to be there. And so, Prabhupada made adaptations, and sometimes he made adaptations that he later rejected like at one point he allowed polygamy and at another point he decided no, we shouldn't do it it's illegal and we want to be renounced we don't, you know, one wife, one husband that's enough but polygamy because it's Vedic at one point Prabhupada recommended it so to understand Prabhupada we, we have to understand everything he taught within the context and why he taught it and if he And we have to understand, if he taught something and later changed his mind, why he changed his mind. And so it's a, you know, it's an effort to understand. And there's limitation, because when you read Prabhupada's letters, you don't always know the context, right? You don't know what the devotee wrote, you don't know the context of the situation. And So sometimes you're disadvantaged in applying what Prabhupada is teaching, because... It's in a certain context. The context you're in could possibly be different. Now, probably more the exception. Generally, the principles would be universal. But still, um, one, of the, one of the problems we have in understanding Prabhupada, and I'm sure it's prob- probably the same problem in understanding any great leader or great author, is, is uh, cherry-picking. So cherry-picking means that I pick out things Prabhupada said that support particular ideas that I have or views that I have or it supports my idea of Prabhupada. Prabhupada was a very stern person, very strict, very austere, very renounced. And so I have so many stories and quotes to support it. And someone says, no, Prabhupada was very soft, very lenient, very liberal. And they have so many stories and quotes to support it. And the fact is that Prabhupada was both. But the human tendency is to tend to notice, focus on the things that we believe to be true. And, And kind of sort out the things that don't support it. And so when we read them it doesn't make the same, it doesn't have the same effect on us as the things that we want to believe to be true. So that's a problem. Uh, as well, At least it's one problem that you should all be aware of, that you should not make that mistake. But I think it's important, as a preliminary point, to understand that for it's going to be successful, it's essential that every member understands Prabhupada's teachings, and not only understand his teachings, but understand how, understand how he personally applied those teachings. And, that, and you'll learn that through his letters and through his the various biographies. And also understand what was Prabhupada's mood. Because I have my mood, you have your mood. And my mood may not be Prabhupada's mood. Your mood may not be Prabhupada's mood. And our moods need to be his mood. My mood may be my mood, your mood may be your mood by nature you know we're individuals we have a certain nature but that that is in my estimation uh, an obstacle to understanding the Prabhupada's propod's mood because my mood dominates when I'm giving class, my mood dominates, but I want to represent Prabhupada's mood, right so. If Prabhupada spoke strongly about something and I speak weakly about it, I'm not representing his mood. If Prabhupada spoke softly about something or liberally about something and I speak very conservatively about it, very strongly, I'm not representing his mood. So this is really important. And in order to represent his mood, obviously we have to um, understand. And it's not easy to understand everything because there's so many things to understand. But it's our job to understand we were we were having a meeting yesterday and we were uh, there was a discussion uh, about publishing something and it was said that we, we if we're going to publish this that we we need, need to know if this is what Prabhupada wanted and when we started discussing we realized that not everybody was actually clear on whether Prabhupada wanted this publication or not it wasn't clear. And then, um, after the meeting, some of us uh, did a little research and found uh, various things that Prabhupada said that would indicate that he would be happy if this publication was made. But in the initial discussion, not everyone was aware of that. And and um, so... and. You know, this is, just, this is just a responsibility we all have to, to better understand Prabhupada and specifically in relation to the service you're doing, or whatever service you're doing and what is Prabhupada's view on it. Uh, we have, for example, we have uh, many artists and during Prabhupada's time the artists could go to Prabhupada and ask questions. And there's one story that always stood out for me. Well, there's a couple of stories that stood out for me that that were important just for artists to know that Prabhupada um, wanted the art to represent exactly the lila and the siddhanta and it had to, it had you know, like art as a siddhanta like this, this, this is what Krishna was doing in this painting you can't make up something that Krishna is doing something but it's not supported by our philosophy or not supported by a lila so that's important to know, right? The devotee brought a painting and, and Prabhupada said, what, well, what Leela is this? And he said, no, it's just Krishna with a cow. And Prabhupada said, no, it has to, you have to be painting a lila. Or obviously if there's some philosoph, if you're doing a philosophical painting and, if, and there's some philosophical incongruity or something is not right with our Siddhanta, you can't paint it so and and that is also true when you're writing and that's also true when you're writing poetry so Prabhupada was you know he was pretty strict on these things so we as representatives of Prabhupada we have to know these things so let's say some devotee does a drawing of Krishna and says how do you like it and you say what pastime is it (laughs) they'll say what do you mean well? that's what Prabhupada asked when you draw something, you know. I'm just drawing a picture of Krishna playing a flute. Okay. If there is a picture of Krishna playing a flute in our books, that Prabhupada has approved, yeah, then you copy that picture or that style or something, that general style. Or Brijbasi prints, I believe Prabhupada accepted them as bona fide. There's a company called Bridgebasi. They do many prints of Krishna. But things like this. We need. We need to know how Prabhupada wanted his books done, what did he want on the cover, not on the cover, and so forth. You know, the problem is that there's there's a blend between using our common sense and using Prabhupada's transcendental common sense. Because sometimes sometimes I've seen this. Prabhupada will say something And it will actually, I don't know if you've experienced this or seen this, it disrupts our common sense, what Prabhupada says. And so we will do something which maybe is not the best thing for spreading Krishna consciousness because we think Prabhupada wants it. And it actually goes against common sense. I've seen this. And, And sometimes there's discussions about something and I wonder, why are we discussing this? Because it's just common sense to do this But because of this quote of Prabhupada, we start not using common sense. So, I don't know if you've seen that. It it is a problem. You know, not under... But what did Prabhupada mean when he said this? Did he mean we don't use common sense? So sometimes in in trying to adhere to Prabhupada, we give up common sense. Um, So, that's a problem. The other side of the problem is sometimes... In using common sense, we disobey Prabhupada's instructions, which may be in specific situations. They may have spiritual principles within them that cannot be adjusted, even in the name of common sense, that if we do this, it will be better. But if we do this, it would undermine this other instruction, and we can't undermine this instruction. I was, I was thinking of something Today about this, and I was thinking about how, in the beginning of the movement, the only book that was distributed outside the temple on the street—well, we did have books, bigger books, but they rarely, rarely sold. The main books we distributed were back to God magazines, like predominantly, and in some temples that I was in, that was the only book we distributed was Back to Godhead, at least up till 1971-72. And Prabhupada had asked, I don't know if you know this, Prabhupada had asked, well, the devotees, the, all right, let me go back. Back to Godhead had one article by Srila Prabhupada. Occasionally it had an article by Prabhupada's godbrother or Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. And the rest were articles written by devotees. And the devotees thought, why, why would we put in our own articles when we could just put in Prabhupada's articles and that would be better? And they brought that to Prabhupada and Prabhupada said, no, I want your articles. And he said, you are repeating what <coughs> I have said, so it's the same as me writing. Isn't that interesting? <coughs> Let me, you know, say I only want to distribute Prabhupada's words I don't want to distribute a book that's written by disciple of Prabhupada. Some, some may feel that way. And Prabhupada's saying, well, if you're, if you're my disciple, you're only writing what you've heard from me, so it's my words also. And so, that's one point. And then they asked Prabhupada, why Why can't we just put all yours, your articles in? And he said, no. You write. I want yours. So, you know, sometimes some devotees may feel that maybe we don't want books written by devotees. There may be reasons for that. Sentiments or good reasons or not good reasons. That's just the question, you know. You know, you know. we go out in Sankirtan and here's a book written by a devotee and that book becomes the main book we distribute. Is that, is that good? Is that bad? But, you know, common sense dictates that, well, whatever book is going to make people Krishna conscious, that's the book we want to distribute. And people are in different stages of development. Some people are like, read, ready for the Gita and read the Gita and that's it. Their material life is over. They become devotees. Some people get a Gita, can't figure it out. They need something else to read. So common sense common sense dictates that whatever is best for that individual. They should read. And then here we have this example that Prabhupada is saying, you write. I think Prabhupada felt that we were on the wavelength of the people we were writing to and it would be good for them to hear from us and it would be good for us to write because we should all be writers. And if that's the case, that meant that Prabhupada wanted us to write more and write more books. So, you know, there's a balance there. Prabhupada's books versus our books What's better? What's transcendental? And you know, common sense dictates what makes people Krishna conscious. What is making more devotees? What is bringing people to Krishna consciousness? And I always thought one, the number one way to distribute Prabhupada's books, at least sets of books, is make devotees. More devotees you make, the more sets you'll sell, right? The more, the more, the more devotees you make, the more demand there'll be to read all of Prabhupada's books. And you know, there's something sacred about book distribution. But today, a lot of young people they don't want to read books. They want it all digital. And so, you know, to go out in Sankatmune and distribute digital books, it's like, well, that could be controversial. And you know, in light of the fact that Prophet said, "Books will remain," you say something that they'll go away. He said, "Well, will digital remain? Maybe it could evaporate on their, their iPad, or their smartphone, or you know, so." These are all things that will come up and we have our opinions and you know, we have to be careful that we don't give up common sense at the same time. We have to be careful we don't use common sense to disobey Prabhupada. So these are the challenges that you, you will have to face and as you become older and take more responsibility for preaching and as there are uh, less Prabhupada disciples to consult with, you're going to have to understand more. And I think maybe a lot of you think you don't have to understand because the Prabhupada disciples, they're they can better understand and they'll make the decisions and you'll just follow, but you'll also become leaders at some point. And as society changes, new new challenges will be there. It's not like all the challenges that we're ever going to face are gonna happen during the lives of Srila Prabhupada's disciples, because society's changing. And so you're gonna to have to make these decisions, these sometimes hard decisions. You know, like like in the future, maybe it'll come to a point where there won't even be trees, or there'll be so few trees it'll become illegal to print books. What do you do now? No, Prabhupada said books. There must be books. You're going out on book distribution. You're going out on digital distribution now. Excuse me, sir. You have a smartphone. Good. Click, click. Here's a book. Take it home. Read it. Now there's no money. You'll have to sell the digital... You know, it's like adjustments. Right? Uh, 22,000 Bhagavatam sets were distributed. That is amazing. And it's going to be bigger next year. Padra Purnim. If you distribute a set of Bhagavatams, Bhagavatam says you go back to Godhead. So there was a big effort made, months in planning to distribute sets of books. I think most of them were done in India India is such an amazing preaching front but it's not that incredible 20 sets that's 100,000 books yesterday 100,000 Bhagavatams no well no 60,000 books something like that maybe okay Ankush has another one Is showing separation also the same as being a Sahajya devotee? I know a devotee who says she sees Krishna everywhere and feels separation, but she does not chant 16 rounds. Do we take people like them seriously? Or are they experiencing because of previous birth? Hold on a second. I, I think I have a quote in the next room I want to read. I don't have the quote, but... Um the quote was, was in the context of conversation with Prabhupada about following principles. And the quote was something like, you know, they're talking about love of the guru. And Prabhupada was saying, don't think, don't think you have love of the guru unless you're following the principles. You can't say I have love of the guru unless you're following the principles. Sometimes devotees will say, you know, that I love my girl, you're everything, and, you know, we understand that that's true to a certain degree. But Prabhupada's saying, you know, for love to be fully mature, you have to be following the instructions, you have to be doing what your guru said. So, um, the answer to your question, um, I think we should say she's feeling, uh, she's seeing Krishna and feeling separation, we have to qualify what she means by that. But if you're looking at it just from a philosophical point of view, if you're not chanting sixteen rounds, following four principles and have good sadhana, hearing and chanting and so forth, uh, it wouldn't be possible to see Krishna. Unless, like you say, it's from a last life. But then then the question would be, well, if you're actually seeing Krishna, why wouldn't you be chanting 64 rounds or 192 rounds? Um, I don't want to make judgments on her, but I would just generalize and say that that would... um, that would not align exactly with our philosophy. Of course, there can be... there can be exceptions to every rule. But... Generally, it wouldn't be that way. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Okay. Can we get directly to Sri Matirani through, through Prabhupada? Through Prabhupada you can, this is Kalindi asking, Kalindi Bhaj. You see, here Prabhupada is saying, go to Radharani. So, excuse me. So, because Prabhupada is saying, go to Radharani, that means we're now going through Prabhupada to Radharani because he's given the permission and he's given the order. So, yes. Then the answer is yes. The answer is no, you can't. But the answer is yes, now you can <laughs> because Prabhupada is telling you to. So, Prabhupada is saying, yeah. It's okay. Everything happens through the mercy of Prabhupada. And then so if Prabhupada says, Do it, says, yeah, you can do it. It's it's authorized, it's bona fide. <clears throat> Prabhupada wants to introduce you to to Vrindavan. he wants to introduce you to Radharani. He wants to introduce you to Sham. So he said, Do it, you can do it. It's okay. Juan says, the feeling of separation of Krishna, it's really hard to achieve. But once you are there, the longing for Krishna becomes so strong that living in Maya becomes painful. Well, if you actually have separation, you won't be in Maya. The separation we're experiencing is actually... <laughs> let, me, let me go to this uh, first statement, Juan we experience a different kind of separation. <laughs> the separation we experience is the separation from Krishna consciousness. <laughs> not, we're not exactly experiencing separation from Krishna as Radha, Radharani does, as the, as the Goswamis do, as Mahaprabhu did. We're really experiencing separation from devotion to Krishna. Though so that kind of separation is is painful in a material way. The kind of mahaprabhu experiences is painful in a transcendentally blissful way. So So unless you have a very high level of love of Krishna, you can't experience separation because you you can't miss something intensely unless you're intensely attached to it. So sometimes we do feel separation, and sometimes devotees cry. But we're actually feeling separation from the fact that we don't love Krishna, and we want to. And we're suffering because we don't have love of Krishna. And and to the degree we want it, and to to the degree we don't have it, to that degree we suffer. And so that's our separation. in In our state, that's the kind of separation we're feeling. Now, you might say, but... You know, when I see Radha, Radhi Sham, I feel some separation after being gone for a year. That's true. I wouldn't deny that. And when I see my guru, or when I'm not with my guru, I feel separation. I wouldn't deny that, and, and so forth. But that's just a little, it's a little drop or a little seed of separation. It's not. The, it's not the full manifestation. So, yes... We can say I'm feeling separation from my guru. I'm feeling separation from the devotees, and so forth. And it is true we are. But in terms of Lumbo what it actually is, the, the what we see exhibited by Mahaprabhu, Radharani, the Brajbasis, thats that's the full manifestation of it. As a byproduct of love of God, our separation is a more byproduct of not having love of God and wanting it. When everybody around you, family, co-workers, seems to be so blinded by the material world, you feel separation. Yeah. <clears> At <throat> least separation from the devotees. How can we deal with this dichotomy that is to live in the material world? And please Krishna, the only one, the only way is not to live in the material world. And by that I don't mean you have to quit your job or drop out of school or divorce your wife and build a cottage and live in a cottage. The only way to resolve this dichotomy is to see, is to do your best to see Krishna in everyone and in everything and do your best to utilize everything all the resources that you have in Krishna's service, and then you won't feel the dichotomy. You're feeling the dichotomy because when you go to work, you're forgetting Krishna, which is common for for devotees who are beginning Krishna consciousness. It's really difficult to be Krishna conscious in every situation. but that's the challenge that faces all of us. And then when you start seeing Krishna in your work and and seeing the philosophy, and, and then you won't have this problem and you won't ask this question. There won't be a dichotomy. they will just be Krishna. I'm Krishna's devotee. They're all Krishna's devotees. They don't know it. They haven't realized it. Everything in this office belongs to Krishna. The proprietors don't realize it. Everything here is his energy. The Paramatma is everywhere in my office in every atom, in the heart of Everyone. The money I make, I use in Krishna's service. So you see like that, no dichotomy anymore. There's only Krishna. Khamenei is asking, I heard that Prabhupada told his disciples that they should publish Bhagavad Gita's. There should be many Bhagavad Gita's. Is that right? Um... Well, what I know, I don't know specifically if Prabhupada told his disciples to write Bhagavad Gita's, but there was a discussion. It's interesting discussion, and this discussion is is used as the basis for some of our God brothers, who have written their own Gita's, their own Gita, their own commentaries. They didn't write the Gita, they wrote the commentaries. And so there was a discussion with Prabhupada, and they were asking Prabhupada, What books are you going to write in the future? And he said, Maybe this, maybe that, maybe Vedanta Sutra. I remember he mentioned Vedanta Sutra. Maybe Narada. He started working on the Narada Pancharatra. He said, Maybe Bhagavad Gita. And the Bodhi said, But Prabhupada, we already have Bhagavad Gita. And he said, something to the effect that there there can be so many bhagavad gitas or so many ways to explain it so it it i think in the minds of some it's controversial that we have more than one gita but there are realities on the ground and i'll just be honest in expressing these realities there are devotees who have taught bhagavad gita to people in general and the people didn't know they were devotees they just offered to the public we're going to teach Bhagavad Gita and they made a decision that they could not use Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita and they had to use one of our godbrothers' Bhagavad Gitas. so whether you I think that is heretical or whether you think it's a good idea I'm just saying it's a reality that they, these preachers found that for this group another Bhagavad Gita would be better. It was the people were not ready for Prabhupada's full hurricane. You know, um, I've been listening to lots of Prabhupada's memories. And one thing that's very interesting that I think maybe is different today, of course I don't know the people that well today, but it seems different. In a lot of the interviews You'll see, you'll see devotees say, yeah, when I was 13, I started reading the Vedas, and when I was 14, I was chanting mantras, and um, before I became a devotee, I had read Bhagavad Gita, and I was studying Eastern philosophy, and I had this guru, and, and you know, very, very philosophical, like everybody the men, the women, is like every you know. It's like I was reading this, I was into this, I was searching, I was asking questions. Who am I? And so they'd say when they got Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita, that was it. it's just all gelled, and then very quickly they became devotees. And I read Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita twice before I became a devotee. Everything was just like yes, this is it. I was studying with it. I was studying it with devotees. That was an advantage. But I was reading it and I was just thinking, yeah, I know all this. I just couldn't put it in these words. This is, this is it. Yeah, this is true. I surrender to it. That was very typical of that age. Now, you don't find that, uh, you will find that, but not as much, not as common. That's my, uh, you, I could be wrong. I'd be I wish I were wrong. If I am wrong, tell me. And um, also, you know, Prabhupada was very strong. Very, you know, this is how it is. And our generation was very strong. We were very we were anti many things. We just tell it like it is. This is wrong, Vietnam War is wrong, these politics are wrong, and very outspoken. And that was the mood, and when Prabhupada was speaking that way. It really resonated with people. You know, here's someone who's strong, revolutionary, tell it like it is. That may not be the mood that everyone has now. It may not be so digestible. So now there's also, as Prabhupada said, there can be many Gitas which would then indicate that there's room for his disciples and grand disciples to write a Gita that may represent what uh, Prabhupada would have put in other Gitas or what people may need to hear. I know one godbrother did a Gita and it was very much based on Prabhupada's Gita. It reads like Prabhupada's Gita. You may, may even think it's his Gita until you look at the cover. But it was more condensed. I think he wrote it to... To maybe make it more easily understandable and readable, and I think he removed some things that would be that could be turnoffs for people. I mean, these are these are difficult topics, Comynia, because you know you have to ask yourself questions like if such and such statement is in the book, and for whatever reason, if such and such statement is such. That that would turn a person away from becoming a devotee who otherwise would have taken to Krishna consciousness and who down the road would have have understood this statement in due course of time. But now, just reading it in the book, fresh off the bat, would say, well, if there's an organization that teaches this, I want nothing to do with it, and otherwise, and then they go to some other organization and become, you know, go there. You know, you have to ask questions like that. What do you do about that? And that's, that's why I say sometimes we don't use common sense in the name of fidelity or the name of, maybe we feel would be offensive to Prabhupada and his books to say such things, as I'm saying now. But the point I'm making, without making a judgment, I'm just saying this is how devotees are thinking, and as a result, devotees have already written their own Gitas feeling that there's a place for them and there's an appreciation for them by certain groups of people who are, you know, dare we say, not ready for Prabhupada's Gita. Now, I know by saying that, that will will arouse anger in some devotees. And, and I'm not saying it as an absolute statement, but I'm saying it. we have to Look, we have to look at that. I mean, I was just thinking coming here, I was thinking this morning that what would really be, what would really, really be good is if we had, let's say, different Gitas, different books, some by devotees, some of Prabhupada's books, and so forth. And we were all, all of us, every member of ISKCON, were given access to the digital versions. And we were asked, could you send these? digital versions to your friends to your family your co-workers and just ask them to read them and there's a questionnaire you know or i'll just read a sec maybe we'll give them a section of the book like it only take five minutes to read each section which one did you understand which one motivated you the most which one was most transformational etc cetera, etc cetera. just to actually see and then you know we we look at this and say oh This was the book that, you know, maybe it's Prabhupada's book. Oh, everybody said Prabhupada's was the best. Maybe everyone said Prabhupada's was the most difficult to understand. This other one was the best. you know. And then you come up with those results. And that also, for some, would sound heretical to say, well, the survey said that this book was the easiest and the most motivational. And then we could say, yeah, but it was written by Prabhupada's disciples so it doesn't have the same purifying effect. And then you go back to what Prabhupada said. He said, your articles, I'm writing them. So there's no difference. So these are the kinds of things we have to deal with. And they have not been dealt with, in my opinion. They have not been dealt with well yet. We need to deal with them better. We have not done this kind of research. And it just seems common sense, doesn't You're distributing all these books. Don't you want to know which ones are actually better? Do, do we actually have a book have we should we write a book that could inspire people tremendously to become interested in reading Prabhupada's books and chanting Hare Krishna? These are the these are the this seems to me common sense. But what I'm saying is that sometimes when you look at all the Prabhupada's instructions and understand them in a certain context, it's like you feel your common sense is just, like, offensive. So I think that's going on, and it's, a, it's an interesting discussion, isn't it? You know, where does common sense fall short, and where does common not using common sense fall short of following Prabhupada, what he would want? So, that's just me, Kamini. It's not, you know, it's not a hundred other... Prabhupada disciples commenting and BBT executives commenting. Um, but it's an observation. It's an observation after observing and speaking to many bhaktishmitters and BBT people. And that's the observation. You have, you have both views going on and everything in the middle as well. Seventeen thousand sets in India, so five thousand sets. The rest of the world, Indian is amazing. <laughs> Billy Joseph, Billy Lynn says, "I'm trying to develop a video game that will help people read about Krishna. I need someone who's actually versed in Krishna's books to examine it. Wow! So that I don't publish something that is useless. Okay, who wants to examine it? Any of you want to examine it? Satyarupa, are you here? You'd be a good one to examine it. <laughs> Digital book distribution. Satyarupa is going to be yeah. Digital book distribution is great because you can do it. You don't have to go on the street. You can do it sitting down. Satyarupa, you want to review? Um, you know, Prabhupada's books well. You want to review what Billy Lynn has done? That would be a transcendent... Satyurupā loves to read Prabhupāda's books. That's one of her greatest qualifications. If she could find a cave and have someone bring her prasadam, she'd probably be happy just to sit and read. Billy Lynn says, I find that doing activities with Krishna, even though I can't see him, has helped me a lot. I have found that just talking to him about my... Day or imagining we are going on adventures, my mind, uh, my mind. This kind of thing has helped me. Um, Krishna, you don't have to imagine because Krishna is absolute. So when you're like, I walk a lot and chant Japa, and then I think, I think in my life I've taken thousands of walks with Krishna that's what's actually you know, it's a japa walk yeah you can call it a japa walk but you're actually walking with Krishna he's there he's with you so like how many how many walks have we taken with Krishna so Krishna's there so if you're thinking about Krishna he's there if you're chanting he's there so it's not an, you don't have to imagine that he's there he actually is so yeah so yeah he's there Kamini says, I personally know of people who read Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita after reading Rancher Primes and Yogeshwars yeah, yeah so you have that, you have Garudas Yogeshwars, Ranchors, and they become inspired to read Prabhupada's and and that's another experiment read those first then you know, give 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 one person Bhagavad Gita Prabhupada's give one person Rancher's Gita and then Prabhupada's and ask and see who understood it better, or or give that person who first read Gita, then give Rancher Prime's Gita after, and said, ask him if you read Rancher's first, do you think you would better have better understood, gotten more out of the Gita. That, um, to me, this is just like this is just like common sense. I'm not some big marketing guy or you know research and development guy. This just seems it it's it's so it's just it's so interesting that 55 years later we've never done this it's so there's something I don't know maybe there's some subtle fear that if we do this people will say I like the books written by devotees better than Prabhupada's I don't know what it is but I, I don't think you would get that across the board that people would say I like the devotees books better than Prabhupada's but I think you would get a lot of it Maybe we're not ready for that, I don't know. It's just I just find it interesting. And I don't want to contaminate all of you and think, okay, now I'm going to drop Prabhupada's books. No. Prabhupada wrote those books for us. He said that. He wrote his books for devotees. At the same time, he wanted everyone to read them. But obviously there's certain books that are more appropriate for non-devotees or they would get more out of and BTG was the main it was the main vehicle in those days so Billy Lynn and Satyarupa you can connect when when you're if Satyarupa is willing Hmm. maybe you can try set you and if you're having a problem you can write me and we'll go from there if anyone else would like to do that work with her that would you're you're all welcome okay so can you give me a second because I just I I need to look at my schedule. I, I think I have an appointment at ten. I want to make sure it's not nine thirty. So don't go away, everyone. We'll be right back. Okay, no problem. So <clears throat> So you have Satya Rupa, so you can connect with her. So we have 15 minutes. I'm I'm good. I have a meeting at, I think it's at 1 o'clock. I hope it's at 1. If it's not, I'm in trouble. And um, there, in this book, there are a few verses about Radharani. These are uh, famous verses from Chaitanya Charitamrita and uh, on Radharani's appearance day or the day before I uh, made a recording and of all these verses and they explain Radharani's position and I thought we could read a few of them it's a bit philosophical but it gives you an idea of what our shastras are saying and if you have any questions or comments then that's fine Billy uh, mm. Lynn says it makes sense for other Gitas I think I think um, it's really important to, to hear from general public people who are would be interested in Krishna consciousness and I know many devotees have, have racked their brains to understand or make the effort to try to Present Krishna consciousness in a way that people get it, and it's it's such a travesty when someone who is interested in Krishna consciousness is not is not able to understand it properly for whatever reason. And, and of course, many devotees feel, and I think rightly so, that if we're distributing thousands of prabhupada's books we should have reading clubs so like you get a book and say well we have this reading club this digital club you know and and every like every time zone in the world you know we have every 7 p.m. in any time zone in the world there's a or 7:30 p.m. you know when you get back from work every evening 7:30 8:30 30, 30, we have a reading club in every single time zone how many time zones are there in the world 24 24 or 12? Let's say there's 12. No, let's... I don't know. I don't know, actually. Is there 24 time zones? Well, anyway, let's say there's 12 and you have, you know... So you're distributing books and then you have reading groups which, which read the books and explain them. And people need help understanding them. So... Not everyone needs help. Some people just read them and say, that's it. This is it. I'm convinced. But still, at the same time, we see ourselves, we need help understanding everything in them. We need Bhagavatam class. So this idea is a very, you know, if we're going to distribute thousands of Bhagavad Gita. Wouldn't it be good to have, read, you know, every time zone, Every evening, a reading class. You can join it. You've got the Gita. I I like the book. I don't understand everything. Okay, join it. That would be good. 24. 24. Okay, so we need 24 reading, Bhagavad Gita reading classes. Who wants to start one? We have 24 of you. Do we have 24 time zones here? Can 24 of you be 7 p.m. somewhere? Of course, if the reading club's in China, it's not going to be in English. Anyway, maybe maybe we can start it with some of you. It's just a discussion. But um, <clears throat> we got a scientific explanation. They're about fifteen degrees of longitude apart. 360 divided by 15 equals 24. Interesting. Yeah, so Anuradha will start one in Spanish. Anyone else want to start? Anyone want to start in Hindi? Anyone want to start one in English? So we need one for the East Coast. Billy Lynn's on the East Coast of the U.S. Anyway, if you want to start it, then we what we can do. Whoever wants to start it, then send a message. Send me a message, and then what we can do is we can have a Facebook group, and the Facebook group just advertises where all the Bhagavad Gita readings are. You know, you could start with one one a week and then you can move up you know and that way we could um, anyway this should be something this should actually be something the BBT does and puts out and then uh, you know have a link in the book where all the reading groups are around the world anyway we have to discuss that a little more actually well I have um, with our group we meet with the BBT every month so that could be discussed Anyway, any of you who want to do it, just let me know. And uh, there are probably some already going on. I'll, I will find out. Uh, very important. Okay, so, should I read something? We have ten minutes, nine minutes, and forty seconds left. So these are some verses from Chaitanya Charitamrita. I'll do my best Bengali accent. As you know, I was Bengali in my last life. You know that, right? there yeah. These are some verses about Ladini Shakti. Ladini Shakti is the pleasure potency. Radharani is Radharani is a manifestation of Ladini Shakti. Ladini er prema, prema shara bhav, pavera nama mahabab. The essence of the Ladini potency is love of God. The essence of love of God is emotion, bhava, and the ultimate development of emotion is Mahabhava. Mahabhava is the highest level of prema. Only Radharani, only Mahaprabhu. Mahabhava sharup Thakurani. Sharvaguna kani krishna kishno kanta Shiromoni, we read this um, this verse sri radha takarani is the embodiment of mahabhava she is the repository of all good qualities and the crest jewel among all the lovely consorts of lord krishna krishna prema bhavita yandra Her mind, senses and body are steeped in love for Krishna. She is Krishna's own energy and she helps him in his pastimes. So there's a purport here. Let's read it. We haven't read this yet. Srimati Radharani is as fully spiritual as Krishna. No one should consider her to be material. She is definitely not like the conditioned souls who have material bodies, gross and subtle, covered by material senses. She is all spiritual, and both her body and her mind are of the same spiritual embodiment. Because her body is spiritual, her senses are also spiritual. Thus her body, mind, and senses fully shine in love of Krishna. Krishna. She is the personified Ladini Shakti, the pleasure giving energy of the Lord's internal potency. And therefore she's the only source the only source of enjoyment for Krishna. Wow, we read this before. How does that mean how does that make you feel? She's the only it makes you feel like killing yourself, right? I can't please Krishna. She's no, you're all you you please her. Make her happy, Krishna will be happy. Sri Krishna cannot enjoy anything that is internally different from him. Therefore, Radha and Krishna are identical. The Sandini portion of Sri Krishna's internal potency has manifested the all-attractive form of Sri Krishna. And the same internal potency in the Ladini feature has presented Sri Mati Radharani, who is the attraction for the all-attractive. No one can match Srimati Radharani in the transcendental pastimes of Sri Krishna. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have another verse. Krishna-kanta-gunadeki Trivira Praka. Gana gana ar. Ara kanita the beloved consorts of Lord Krishna are of three kinds, the goddess of fortune, the queens and the milkmaids of Braja, who are the foremost of all. These consorts all proceed from Radhika. In other words, she's the she. She's the source. Avatare Krishna yace kare rada tina Just as the fountainhead Lord Krishna is the cause of all incarnations, so Sri Radha is the cause of all these consorts. Govinda nanda nirada govinda mohini Govinda sarvaswa sarva kanti shiromani. Mm. Radha is the one who gives pleasure to Govinda, and she is also the enchantress of Govinda. She is the be-all and end-all of Govinda, and the crest jewel of all his consorts. Devi Krishna mai prokta radhika par devata. It's not Bengali. <laughs> Devi Krishna by Prokta Radika Par Devataha Sarva Lakshmi Mai Sarva Kanti Samohini Pada. Maybe it is. Looks like Sanskrit. The transcendental goddess Srimati Radharani is the direct counterpart counterpart of Lord Sri Krishna. She is the central figure for all the goddesses of fortune. She possesses all the attractiveness to attract the all-attractive personality of Godhead. She is the primeval internal potency of the Lord. Hmm. Lord Krishna enchants the world, but Sri Radha enchants even him. Therefore, she is the supreme goddess of all. Radha Purna Shakti Krishna Purna shakti Man Duivastu Bedan Hai Shustaparama. See Radha is the full power and Lord Krishna is the possessor of full power. The, the two are not different as evidenced by the revealed scriptures. Radha Krishna Achis Sada Eka Isurupa Lidarasa Asvadite Dhara Dui Rup. This Radha and Lord Krishna Radha and Lord Krishna are one, yet they have taken two forms to enjoy the mellows of pastimes. Eka isarup, they're one form. Dui Rupa, they've taken two. Radhikera Hayana Krishnara Pranayavikara. Sarupa Shakti Ladini, nama Yanhara, Srimati Radharani is the transformation of Krishna's love. She is his internal energy, called Ladini. Ladini. She's the transformation of love. Beautiful. One more verse. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Ladini Karara Krishna. Ananda-rasvadhan Ladini-radhvara-kare bhaktira pushan The Ladini energy gives Krishna pleasure and nourishes his devotees. Shri Radharani Ki Jai It's all in this book. The rest of this book is Leela. Right? Some, well not, not every lila, but some Leelas. So, um, okay, well, well, I have to make a note somewhere about this project. Reading groups. I, I will bet there are already many existing. It's not a novel idea, just a necessary idea. Okay, everyone. We have. Today's Wednesday, so if you want to join us for Japa, that will be in two and a half hours. Nice to see you all there. Now we have over 30 devotees chanting with us generally, so that's nice. And we try to give some inspiration before we chant. Okay everyone, we'll see you later. Hare Krishna. Sri Prabhupada Jai Gopanandi. Hari Hari Bo. Gauranga Ranga Itananda.